It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. A little pop-up edition of Rico Bronia. How you guys doing? We'll give you a special Friday night, Saturday morning edition of Rico. Two big things I want to cover today. Number one, the Billy Epler suspension for the Phantom IL usage and the remaining MLB free agents. And the fact that we are less than a week away from spring training beginning and we've got a handful of of prominent baseball free agents still out there and why none of them will be Mets and none of them should be Mets. But let's start off with Billy Epler. As we recall at the beginning of this offseason, after the Mets hired David Stearns, I kind of looked at Billy Epler and thought, yeah, he'll remain general manager, but will we ever think of him again? Will we ever talk about him again? David Stearns is always going to be the guy we refer to when the Mets make a move, when the Mets sign a free agent, when the Mets make a trade. So Billy Epler will sort of become the Scott Perry for those basketball fans out there of the New York Mets. He's the GM. He, I'm sure, has some importance to his job, but we as fans will never really think of him. And then we got the shocking news that he was fired. And it was like, what the hell is going on? And we later find out that an investigation had been opened up against Billy Epler and the Mets, but really Billy Epler on, quote, improper IL usage. And I think after the initial shock of that and the initial fear that, hey, are they targeting Steve Cohen? And we quickly realized that was not the case, despite some reporting by the New York Times early on. We forgot about it. Like, how much did we ever think of Billy Epler? Did we ever wonder about the IL investigation. There were a couple of emails to the Recode throughout the offseason, a very few of them, but a couple that said, hey, any update on what's going on with Billy Epler? And the truth is, I don't think any of us cared. It was kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Plus the accusations against Epler and the accusations against the Mets, I think to many of us felt minor. It felt like something that had been going on in baseball for a very, very long time. So here's what we learned today. Let's analyze it. According to The Athletic, Major League Baseball suspends Billy Epler through the 2024 World Series for, quote, improper use of the injured list, including the deliberate fabrication of injuries, according to Rob Manfred. (laughs) MLB said its investigation concluded that the pattern of conduct was at Mr. Epler's sole discretion and without any involvement of Mets' ownership or superiors. The Mets have been informed of the conclusion of Major League Baseball's investigation, the Mets said in a statement on Friday. With Billy Epler's resignation on October 5th, 2023, and with David Stearns leading the baseball operations team, the Mets consider the matter closed and will have no further comment. Billy Epler said in a statement to The Athletic, quote, I cooperated fully and transparently with MLB's investigation, and I accept the decision. MLB said its Department of Investigation conducted interviews with more than three dozen people and that Epler and the Mets fully cooperated with the process. The Department of Investigation determined that Epler was involved with the improper use of the injured list placements, including fabricating injuries and the associated submissions of documents to secure multiple improper injured list placements during the 22 and 23 season, the league said in its statement. Billy Epler can seek an earlier reinstatement, which would be considered by Rob Manford. So here's how 
I would understand this because there's a video and I retweeted it earlier that I didn't find, but somebody on social media found of AJ Pruszynski jokingly talking about how at the end of his career with Atlanta, Alex Anthopoulos and Brian Snitker were in the room when they basically told him, hey, we're either going to release you or you could go on the injured list. Now, at this point, A.J. Pruszynski's got no reason to make this thing up. So he's telling a true story, an interesting story. And he was joking about how he wanted the injury to be an anal fission, something comical. And the Braves looked at him and said, no, we're just going to go with a sore right hamstring. So you see a video like this, and I, I retweeted it, so I put it out there as well. And I think one of the conclusions you jump to is, well, wait a second. This is going on everywhere. This is a common thing, and I think we've always associated it with it being a common baseball thing. You know, the whole joke was always, you know, a pitcher starts to struggle. When are they going to make up the injury? When are they going to stick him on the phantom, phantom IL to basically clear his head? And certainly other times where we're not even thinking about it, where maybe a guy doesn't have options anymore. Maybe there's just, they can't send him down. They have to place him on waivers. So you come up with an injury. So I think we all agree this has been going on for a very long time. And certainly A.J. Brzezinski's story reminds you that it's going on for a very long time. So you ask yourself the question, okay, if we all kind of agree that this is a thing that's been going on in baseball for a very, very long time, and here's A.J. Brzezinski giving us a specific example of it happening to Atlanta, why did this happen? Why was there this really extensive investigation into Billy Epler in which, according to The Athletic, they're interviewing, you know, 24 different people. They're talking to Billy Epler and they come down with a pretty harsh penalty. Why? So I have a couple of conclusions to this. Number one, if nobody's complaining about every other team doing it, then it never becomes a thing. Like sometimes in life, things don't happen until someone opens their mouth until someone complains about it, until someone calls up the commissioner and says, hey, I got a problem with this. And I don't think we've seen a lot of that over the last few years. I don't think that as much as the Mets and the Braves are rivals, we're calling the commissioner's office to try to get the Braves in trouble. Now, I'm sure there's Mets fans listening right now saying we should. (laughs) We should call up every time. But I just don't think that probably happens. And again, I'm I'm making assumptions based on what we know, based on the fact that this is something that goes on, and we just heard kind of evidence of it with Pruszynski, and then based on this investigation. So number one, I think there needs to be a complaint. And I think over the years, with all these teams abusing the IL, for the most part, it's kind of a chuckle, a wink, a nod, and there is no complaint. In this case, there was a complaint. So then you start to say, who complained? I don't think it was another team. As much as Steve Cohen has become a target by other organizations, I don't think it came from the outside. So I think it came from the inside. So then you got to say, okay, well, who in the Met organization is going to complain or basically blow the whistle on Billy Epler? Is it someone trying to get his job? Is it someone in the front office? Probably not. It's probably someone associated with one of the players that went on the Phantom IL. Because when AJ Pruszynski told his story, and again, check my Twitter account at Evan Roberts WFA, and I retweeted the video of AJ talking about this. AJ Pruszynski didn't care. AJ Pruszynski didn't mind that he was going on the Phantom IL. It was funny to him. 
And, and maybe to some major leaguers, not that they think it's funny, but they're not going to complain about it. Because sometimes, and this isn't necessarily right, but it's the reality, if you complain, maybe other organizations, especially if you're a borderline major leaguer, are going to say, I don't want to deal with him. Not saying that's right, but there's probably a reality to that. So even though this has gone on for a while, I think it took someone opening their mouth. Now, who, from all the phantom injuries that the Mets had over the last few years, Tim LaCastro was placed on the phantom IL. Is it Tim LaCastro complaining? Probably not. Is it Luis Guillorme's dad who was on social media ripping the Mets? Maybe. I mean, that, that seems to make the most sense. But I don't know. But there clearly was a complaint. And I think once the commissioner's office, not to defend the commissioner on this, but once the commissioner's office is getting a formal complaint of the Phantom IL, they're going to investigate. They probably never investigated Alex Anthopoulos in Atlanta. They probably never investigated Brian Cashman, who I'm sure has used the IL, or even Sandy Alderson back in the day. So I think a perfect storm occurred. And part of that perfect storm was someone complained. And here's the second part to the perfect storm. They did it. (laughs) Billy Epler used the Phantom IL. Remember, they said they used the Phantom IL with multiple improper injured list placements during the 22 and 23 season. Multiple improper injured list placements, which means there were a bunch. I don't think multiple means two. I think it means four or five. And maybe some we're not even thinking of. Some jump out at you as a Met fan where you're like, eh, was that guy ever hurt? I think we sort of thought that about Tim LaCastro last year, that we knew he was out of options and that the Mets stuck him on the aisle to keep him around. Remember his rehab assignment? That lasted for a while. Then it needed to restart with another IL list. And so that's just one that I know as a fan, I remember and jumps out at me. But he did it. He's quote unquote guilty of this crime. Is it a serious crime? No. I think the comparison I would use is it's basically jaywalking. You're not allowed to jaywalk, but you can get a ticket for it. I understand, though, from a player's perspective, if you are a Major League Baseball player or a borderline Major League Baseball player, do you want to be told that you're going on the injured list when you're not hurt? No. No, I I get that. I get it from a player's perspective, and I get how you can manipulate that to put your roster in better position to succeed. So I'm not trying to act like it doesn't mean anything. I think that because we know everybody does it, there comes that line of, okay, if you really have an issue with it, enforce it on everybody. Because you run into an issue, if you're Major League Baseball, where you say, you know, we know everybody does it, but he did it too much. And because he did it too much, we're going to penalize him. Well, what's too much? I mean, if it's against the rules, it's against the rules. So what Major League Baseball really needs to do, no joke, is take this seriously. Look, you put the hammer down. I mean, you suspended Billy Epler for the entire season. Now, granted, he doesn't have a job, and I'm not sure he was going to get a job anyway. But nevertheless, you put the hammer down on Billy Epler. Now put the hammer down on everybody else. That's what I'd ask Major League Baseball. That's the problem. You opened up a can of worms. You tried to bury it on a Friday of the Super Bowl, but you still opened it up. And that's a harsh suspension for Billy Epler. 
That's a whole year. Now he has a chance to get reinstated. Maybe he will. Maybe he can be eligible to get a job in July or August. God knows what job he's getting. I'll tell you what he's not getting. He's not getting a GM job. That's not happening. But I think Major League Baseball needs to take it serious now. I am glad that, because this would have bothered me, that the Mets don't have any kind of punishment. Because Billy Epler worked for the New York Mets. And even though Major League Baseball cleared that ownership had no involvement, the Mets benefited, even though we didn't win a lot of games in 2023, which I guess leads right into the LOL Mets jokes. But Billy Epler did something to try to benefit the New York Mets. So it's fair to wonder, if you're going to suspend Billy Epler, did the Mets deserve any kind of punishment? Now, selfishly, obviously, I'm a Mets fan. We're Mets fans. I think anyone listening to the Rico is. I'm glad they didn't screw it to us. You know, I'm glad that we're not facing some kind of docked pay of international money or a lost draft pick or anything of that nature. But I did wonder, like, if Billy Epler was doing something by using the improper injured list in 22 and 23, and it benefited the Mets, and then in 2022, it benefited them, and they won a lot of games, do the Mets deserve any kind of punishment? I'm glad the answer is no. So this is a much smaller example of LOL Mets, but it's just another tiny little embarrassment as a New York Mets fan, but we can all move on. But I think we can agree on this. If you're going to take the Phantom injured list seriously, go get the Atlanta Braves because they're probably doing something. (laughs) Am I right? Uh, Let's get to the free agents. This is sort of nuts that we are sitting here in the middle of February. And I think February 10th certainly qualifies as the middle of February. We're sitting in the middle of February and we are still staring at prominent free agents. Now, keep this in mind. And I wonder how much of a factor this is. And it's a factor with us, and we should talk about it. And that's the fact that three of the big, big, big free agents, you could argue the three biggest free agents, Matt Chapman, Cody Bellinger, and Blake Snell, all decline their qualifying offer. And that means there is compensation attached to those three guys as free agents. So in the case of the Mets, because that's the only team we care about right now, if the Mets sign Matt Chapman, they're not. But if they sign Matt Chapman, if they sign Cody Bellinger, and they're not, if they sign Blake Snell, and they're not, let's keep in mind the Mets have to give up their second overall pick and their fifth pick of this draft. That's two significant draft picks they have to give up, plus a million dollars in international money. That is too much to sign any of those guys. Now, are there moments where the compensation you have to give up is worth it because you just added an elite-level player? Absolutely. Shohei Otani had this attached. So whenever we very briefly talk about, hey, what if Matt Chapman is only going to sign a one-year deal? Or what if Blake Snell is only going to sign a one-year deal? And by the way, I don't think any of that's going to happen. But in that kind of fictitious world where these guys are now just grabbing one-year deals it's still not worth it. Like, we got to be fair about that. Ask yourself this as a Met fan. Would you really give up two draft picks, your second best pick and your fifth best pick for a short-term deal for a guy that you don't even love? Like, I don't think there's any Met fans 
for the most part, that looked at Chapman, Bellinger, and Snell as high-priority free agent targets. None of us did. None of us did. The only thing is, they're still available, and if one of them, or both of them, and they're not, they're Scott Boris guys, decide, you know what, F it, I just got to get to camp. I'm just going to have a monster, monster season, which is crazy because Cody Bellinger and Blake Snell had monster seasons. So it's not like they're coming off crappy years, specifically them. But even if they wanted to accept a long-term deal for this franchise, for where we are right now, it doesn't make any sense. So let's rule them out. Let's start there because there are a lot of free agents still available. And as unlikely as it is that their market comes down, and the Mets swoop, or just Steve Cohen has a change of heart, which is always possible, and says, you know what? It's a lot of money, but it's less than I thought, and it's worth it. Let me go get this guy. Can we all agree that Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, and Blake Snell need to be ruled out? I'm on that side. Now, there are other guys, though, including Jordan Montgomery. I do not think the Mets are going to end up with Jordan Montgomery. I don't think the Mets are ending up with any of these guys. But Jordan Montgomery being available and having no draft compensation attached to him makes him interesting, makes him appealing. I guess the question would be, what does the number have to come down to in terms of years and money for David Stearns and Steve Cohen to say, this is worth it? Now, I have been a bit, I have been a big Jordan Montgomery guy throughout free agency. And there's a few reasons why I still think he's on the rise. I think if you look at his success since the Yankees traded him, you've seen a guy that's growing and growing and getting better. That's number one. And as a lefty, we've seen that a lot from lefties over the course of baseball history, guys that just get better with age. He also feels like a younger 31. He doesn't feel like an aged guy. And maybe the time off from having Tommy John surgery a few years ago has something to do with it. And maybe it's just what I said, that he's getting better and better. So I think if you sign Jordan Montgomery, no matter what team you are, and again, I don't think it's going to be the Mets, but he doesn't have the draft picks attached to him. So there's certainly a, hey, you never know. But you look at Jordan Montgomery, and since he's come back successfully from the Tommy John surgery, really starting in 2021, so you're talking about a three-year sample size, he goes out and makes every start. And like I said, he's gotten better and better. So he is a Boris guy. But what does that contract have to come down to for the Mets to jump? And and he is a free agent that I would keep my eyes open on if I am the Mets. Because right now their rotation features one certainty for 2025. Not 2024, 2025. Everyone else can and may be gone at the end of the season. So adding a second guy that can be here for multiple seasons is not a bad thing. As much as flexibility is nice, do you really want to go into next offseason trying to build an entire rotation? So what would Jordan Montgomery's price tag have to come down to? Like five years, 140, something of that nature. And he's obviously asking for more than that. Scott's asking for more than that. The other factor that you have to deal with is the possibility that Jordan Montgomery doesn't have any interest in coming to New York. He's already pitched to New York. He's now gotten to experience St. Louis and Texas. Does he want to be here? The other guys are the DHs, the ones that I've made perfectly clear. Go get Jorge Soler, 
who is still available. I think it's going to take multiple years to get him. J.D. Martinez, who the Mets have now been attached to on a one-year contract. Tim Anderson is still out there. I don't think they're going to pursue him. Michael Taylor, kind of redundant. Tommy Pham, does he come back into this room? Gio Urshela. Gio Urshela, I, I know the Mets are enamored by defense. If you sign Gio Urshela, does he become the everyday third baseman? Because he is clearly a better defensive third baseman than Brett Beatty and Mark Vientos. So does Beatty and Vientos become the predominant, most of the time, designated hitters, if that's the case? Garrett Cooper, Ahmed Rosario. That's pretty much it. But the big ones I talked about, the really, really big ones, the tippy top of free agency, Bellinger, Chapman, and Snell, I think we have to stay away from. I I just don't think they make sense in terms of compensation. But it's going to be really interesting to see where they end up because we are now within a week of spring training starting. And I think if you're Cody Bellinger and you're Matt Chapman, it's easy. I don't think you feel a lot of pressure. I think you feel like, all right, spring training could start. That's fine. Spring training games could start. That's fine. This is what I want. I ain't signing for less than this. And you could really push that envelope into March. I do think it becomes weirder with pitchers. It's just a little stranger because it's such a process building up your arm strength to get ready for a season. And I know you could do it privately. You can go to Scott Boris's big camp if you Blake Snell and get ready that way. But it doesn't feel as easy as just hitters and position players getting ready for the start of the season. I will give you quick predictions on this. I think Blake Snell will end up in San Francisco. I think Cody Bellinger will end up staying in Chicago. I think Jordan Montgomery will end up staying in Texas. We'll see. It should be a very, very interesting time over the next couple of weeks. Email the pod, B at gmail.com, B at gmail.com. Coming up as we get closer to spring training, we will have a podcast dedicated to the worst off-seasons in Met history, with obviously knowing based on the results. That's the beautiful part about this offseason. We don't know if it was great or bad. This could turn out to be an all-timer if the Mets shocked the world and win the World Series. I don't think there's any way this could be an all-time bad one because even if they just suck and they lose 95 games, you kind of reset the deck next year. They haven't locked themselves up to long-term deals. But we'll do a pod on the greatest off-seasons in Mets histories and the worst off-seasons in Mets histories. We'll also give you our, hey, let's predict the 26-man roster coming out of spring training as we go into spring training and many more as we march closer and closer to spring training and the start of this season, email the pod, the Rico B at gmail.com. We'll unveil our number real soon where you can actually leave voice messages as well. Thank you very much for listening, subscribing and downloading Rico bro. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronio podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.